Well, good morning. How are you doing? Welcome to church today. Would you stand with me? God, we welcome you in this place. We pray that you'll be with us as we celebrate your son. Holy Spirit, we pray that you'll move in our hearts and in our minds and in our midst. We love you. Amen. Thank you. 
That's who he is, doesn't it? with me that speaks about the wonderful cross that Jesus died on. Sing when I survey.
Thank you. You may be seated. Well, on this first Sunday of Bike Week, how many of you have, have noticed the chaos around here? Uh, you love it? I, I'm glad to see you clapping. I hear a, I hear a lot of lamenting, meaning people are like, oh man, here it comes again. Well, there's been some scripture that has come to mind during this time. It's in Matthew 9. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's all I can think about as I see a hundred thousand plus people coming to town. I'll be honest. What I lament about are the Christians saying, here we go again. All the, the drunkenness and debauchery. When what Jesus is saying is, man, this is, this is the greatest fishing trip of all time right here. If you all would form a big enough net, you can't imagine what you would pull in. So that's what I want our prayer to be this morning. So let's pray together. Father, we praise you. We praise you for all you've done in our lives. We thank you that you loved us and that you saved us as we called you into our lives and changed us. But Father, I pray that you would move our hearts in such a way that we would get up off our rears and we would go out there and be harvest workers. That we would say, Lord, we see that it is ripe. That they are hungry. That they are without a shepherd. That they are wandering aimlessly. And Lord, you are here to shepherd. And so might we just pray the prayer that Jesus asked us to pray. That we might find workers to go out into these fields 
and to, to harvest, to reap what you have sown. Help us first to not just pray that you might find someone else, but Lord, move us. Help us to remember that everyone who was called to you was called to make disciples. And Lord, I thank you for the journey that you've taken me on and those, and those here, my brothers and sisters, that you have spoken to us and that the greatest adventures we've ever lived have been in your name. The greatest joy that I've ever experienced has been joy that you brought as a result of serving you. And Father, purify our hearts as we are we're willing to be your workers. We're willing to go out there and to help harvest. Father, we praise you. And we look forward to the adventure that this week is going to bring. All this in your name. Amen. 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 Good morning. Welcome to Portland Church in Nazarene. Um, for the next part of this service, we're going to come to a time that we, we call it passing the peace. And I'm just reminded as I'm sitting there real quick. And I'm reminded, people could really, I feel like in this world, people could really treat people ugly sometimes. I mean, just when you look at it, when you see the chaos that's going around, even driving down the road with people, you know, cutting people off and things like that. But then also even when you see what's going on overseas and, you know, what people are willing to do to each other. And when it comes to a time where we have here, where we pass the peace with one another, it's saying, man, I don't want any problems between you and me. I don't want any problems between us. I mean, we all know that we don't, you know, this is scriptural. God says, seek peace with all men and to be holy for without which no one will see the Lord. We know that God wants us to be at peace with him. But do we truly understand that God wants us to be at peace with one another as well, too? And so before we come to this time, my, my little nugget that I want to give to you is this one. Every now and then I'll have a nugget that God gives to me. And this is what the nugget is. You ready for this one? A lot of times they always say, treat people how you want to be treated, right? You guys know this, this statement, but I'll tell you this right now. It's hard to treat somebody nice when they're treating you bad. So I want you to remember this. A lot of times people end up treating people the way that they treat themselves. And so if you're ever in a situation where somebody is treating you unfair, most likely they treat themselves that way. I've been in this, I've been in a lot of situations, especially even recently where I said, I mean, I really feel like you're treating me a certain way. And then after, after getting in a deep conversation with that person, I realized, you, wow, I didn't realize that it's because you treat yourself that way and now you're treating everybody else that way. And so if someone's treating you bad, just remember, they might have it bad themselves in their own mind and stuff like that. And so, But as we come to this time, we get to pass the peace with one another. And so may I be the first to tell you this morning, may the peace of the Lord be with you. Take some time to pass that peace with one another.
Check, check, check. Oh, there I am. Leon, come on up here, brother. Hi. Y'all have been here before. Yes, about two years ago. Yeah, I remember. It's good to see you again. I thought I recognized you, though. Oh, I love all this. I love all this. I'm going to go on. Y'all can keep talking. <laughs> Many of you um, don't know Leon. Many of you do. I'm just wanting to take a minute. Leon and I share a lot of things in common. We both have curly hair. Luscious. Yep. We both like shoes. Honestly, I mean, like, hold on. Stand right there. Yeah, exactly. Which one, which one is Leon? Which one is Garen? That's how much we're alike. <laughs> no, no, no. See, that's it. I fooled you. I'm Garen. All right, wait. Maybe we need to separate a little so that they can see the difference. All right, yeah. Now I see Now, I just wanted to take a quick moment and uh, celebrate my birthday buddy. Uh, happy birthday. Thank you. I hope that you have a great day. Leon's turning 19, I'm turning 23, I could be his older brother, and uh, I hope you have a great day. Thank you. He has a lot going on in his life, and uh, with baby-to-be and all this stuff, I just hope that this year, um, can I take a moment and pray for you Absolutely. and your family? Absolutely. You too, Corey. You're welcome to come up. We're going to have a baby soon. We're being, <laughs> that, that's where the difference ends. <laughs> that's where we're not alike. <laughs> oh, please, Lord, please. <laughs> Jesus, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for Leon and Corey and for their lives. I thank you for this new uh, baby that is about to be uh, welcoming the world. I pray that even now, I thank you. Uh, my mind goes to Psalm 139, and I, we realize that you are even now knitting together this new life. God, I pray that you will uh, be with her as she continues to grow. I pray for Corey as she um, finishes out uh, the last few weeks, and I pray that you'll be with Leon and that you will give him grace and peace, and because <laughs> he is in for a great ride, um, but a stressful one. So I pray that you will bless this, bless this family. We love you, God. Thank you for their ministry here, and I pray that you will just be with them in the coming years. Thank you for Leon. Thank you for his life. We love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. Oh, that's a hug. Love you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. What? Oh, that's right. Happy birthday. Wait, is he? I forgot. There, we have triplets. Stop it. Jim, today's your birthday too, isn't it? Yeah. You want to come on up here? You, oh, sorry. I'm totally hijacking this service. We, oh, yeah. 
All right, there's a step here, so watch your step. I'm probably the oldest one in the church. Well, no, because we're like brothers. So, in fact, if you were, hold on. This is how much we're alike. I'm Garen. This is Jim. This is Jim. Jim is celebrating 44 years today. Yeah, 44. 44 and and, and change. So, do you mind telling how old you are? 89. Wow. 89. 89 years young. So, can I pray for you? Sure. Oh man, I love it. God, I thank you for Jim and Marilyn. I thank you for uh, their involvement in this church. I thank you for just the encouragement that they bring to Jen and to me. I pray that you will be with Jim in this 89th year. I pray that this will be a year that is one to remember. God, I pray a blessing upon his life. I pray a blessing upon their marriage and their children. I pray that you will bring them all together uh, soon and that your name will be glorified in their lives. I pray that Jim will continue to be that shining light for you that he's been for decades. We pray this in your name. Amen. Happy birthday. Thank you. I totally forgot. And we talked about that the other day. Here, I'm going to help you down. You got it? Well, Jim, sorry you didn't get a cupcake, but we've got some extra juice. Juice and wafers back there. They're great. How many of you, when you were a kid, uh, you have the, you remember the communion, little, the little pillow-looking things? Would you just take handfuls of them? No? Was that the only one that would do? Man, those were good. Like little bread chiclets. Anyway, all right, well, I guess uh, anyway. I do have a video from a couple years ago when I was pastoring in St. Louis where Wyatt, uh, you know, was during the pandemic, and we did communion uh, via Facebook Live. And so we did, we, we, we broke bread together, and I was just talking a little bit, and I didn't realize it, but on the video afterward, you see Wyatt, he was uh, four at the time, had taken half a loaf of bread and was just eating from the inside out the, the entire, it was good, it was the best communion ever. All right, well, some announcements. Uh, Pastor Garen is leading a Lent, a Lenten, not Lentol, Lenten Bible study, uh, starting on uh, this Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Uh, we've got some extra books back there as well. And then Miss Debbie Clark, Ms. Debbie Clark, she is leading at Quest 52. That starts on the 23rd, is that correct? And uh, do you have a time? 6.30 p.m., correct? Adelaine, Jim Byrons, all right. You can have any good snacks, Jim? I might come. Is it men and women? Oh, anybody's welcome. Okay, all right, all right. So on 23rd, Quest 52, and then our good neighbor's offering this month is going to our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. As you know, they're suffering right now. Uh, the Showalters and I actually have a mutual friend from our, our time in school in Kansas City. Who's, she is there working for the Church of the Nazarene, married to a Ukrainian, and her Facebook status yesterday was, I can't believe I'm becoming a refugee. So she has had to flee her home with her husband and his 85-year-old mother as they are fleeing towards the west. Not sure where they're going to get to. Poland, Hungary, not not quite sure yet. But um, it's interesting in the stage of, of refugees where people are able to post statuses. And uh, thank God that they have Internet access still at the moment. 
But uh, let's pray for them. But that is where our good neighbor offering this month is going to go to help uh, people that we personally know. Uh, sometimes you wonder where it's going when you give the things. We know where this is going to go, and this will make a big impact as those people are suffering. So, all right. Well, we're going to pass it on to Justin. Yeah, yeah. We get to uh, we get to continue in our worship with tithes and offerings. Um, and just so you guys didn't know, uh, Garen, c- get up here real quick for a second. I know cutting into this, but we didn't pray for you. It's your birthday. Yeah, come on. Get over here. Get over here. And you need it this morning, man. You need it. I could, you know. At a, I, went to, I went to a Spanish Nazarene church in Deltona a while ago, and I don't know Spanish. You know, I look Spanish. I am Spanish, but I don't know a lick of Spanish. And on their birthdays, you know what they did? And they got me. They got me good, okay? Because I'm cheap. If you guys don't know me, I'm really cheap. On their birthdays, they would have a, a, like a little birthday, like a little church. It was like where you put like your, your, your where, what are the coins offering that we do? We collect coins? Alabaster. They pull out an alabaster church, and on your birthday, you'd have to give as many dollars as you were old. Jim would have been broke this morning if he had to do that. And so, you know, I, so they got me because I was like 21 at the time. And I'm like, oh, I got it. $21 I'm going to get. 21 And they're like, no, you got to put it in there. I'm like, oh, man. On my birthday. So maybe we should start that up. Huh? You got to give as many uh, dollars as it is your birthday on your birthday. <laughs> let's, let, let's pray for Garen real fast. Lord, we just thank you so much um, for the ministry that you have, Lord, with Garen and, and his family. But, Lord, we just want to... We thank you for his birth. We thank you for his birthday and for just another year, Lord, that he could uh, live for you. And, Father, I just pray that you continue to uh, just stir his heart, Lord, spark a fire in it. And, Lord, just continue to bless him and his family. And, Lord, may they have a wonderful day today, Lord, and many, many more birthdays to come. And, Lord, help him this morning as he brings a word, Lord. Anoint him. Uh, May he decrease and you increase, Lord, and you speak through him to this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Karen, happy birthday to you. We, we probably need to make clear, this is not a normal occurrence. So yes, yeah. Everyone's like, my birthday's next week, awesome. <laughs> no, it's it, it, it spiraled way beyond what I intended, but so I, will, I apologize. I, one last thing, stay here, one last thing, watch this. Uh, I'm it's not, it's I'm not his birthday. You can tell us apart. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this time that we get to just, we get to have fun in your name, Lord. And, 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 and it's just so amazing to be here in, in your house. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that you bless this time of giving that we have, Lord, uh, that you just, that we may give with a cheerful heart. And this morning, Lord, that, that, that the ministries that this, that this money and these finances touch, Lord, that they would be blessed and multiplied. And we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. You guys will see just a couple different ways that you're able to give here on the screen.
So we begin this journey of Lent, and uh, I'm excited to travel this road with you. I learned something new about Lent this week. I don't know if you knew this. Um, This is the first Sunday in Lent. You don't say the first Sunday of Lent because Sunday isn't part of Lent. You probably knew that, didn't you? Oh, but it's the first Sunday in Lent because Sundays are always held back for celebration and resurrection of the resurrection. So I learned something new in and in and of is different. So, but I feel this has been a great week and I I thank you for the the birthday song and, and it's nice. I I feel, um, well, how to say, I feel blessed. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed, right? Um, we say that a lot, don't we? Hashtag blessed. I'm blessed. Be blessed. You're blessed. Um, if you, if you actually look at Facebook, there are 7.8 million hashtag blessed statements. So, and that didn't include like blessed, hashtag blessed life, hashtag blessed and loving it, hashtag, like I'm saying just hashtag blessed. 7.8 million. That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Until you go to Instagram and you find that there are 142 million hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Which makes me wonder, what all are we calling blessed? How, how, does, how are we being blessed? Right? I mean, that's a lot of blessings. If you divide the 150 million hashtags by the people in the world, that's like one out of every 50 people is being blessed. And so that's a lot of blessings, isn't it? So what does it mean when we say we're hashtag blessed? I think it usually, when, when I'm looking through, and honestly, when I've said it, it usually is because I'm posting a picture of somewhere I am on vacation, or like, I bought a new CD, or you bought a new car, or you bought a new house, or maybe maybe it's, um, well, it, it's just, you're celebrating a lifestyle that you love. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag Blessed. And if we're not careful, our hashtag blessings can sound a lot like this. Blessed are those who work hard now so that they can play hard later. Blessed are the ones who take the initiative and look out for themselves because God helps those who help themselves Blessed are the ones who take all the credit without sharing the praise because they'll get the early promotion and the pay increase. Blessed are you when you prioritize yourself and your safety over your neighbor's safety because they'd probably do the same thing. Blessed are the ones that pull themselves up by the bootstraps without regard for anything or anyone standing in their way. Blessed are the ones that can condemn from a distance, but they never actually are willing to get into the middle of the conflict and make things better. Hashtag blessed. Now, don't get defensive when I'm saying that because I'm there too. I have said I'm blessed about many things. I've said I'm blessed this week as I was preparing this sermon. I was like, oh, what do I mean when I say that? 
So here's what I'm learning this week. It's not that that isn't a way to live. It's not that these people are wrong when they say they're hashtag blessed. What I'm learning is maybe it isn't the blessed life that Jesus has for us. At least not the way that's outlined in Matthew chapter 5. And as we begin our season in Lent, I think it's interesting, or I'm excited, that it takes us back to Matthew 5, which is where we spent a lot of our time last year, and it's going to be a good refresher as we launch into Matthew 6 after Easter. So I want to read the Beatitudes to you. That's what a lot of your Bibles will call it, the Beatitudes. And I'm going to read them to you in a different translation, and I just want you to hear them. I don't have words. I just want you to hear, just like, just like you would have heard if you were sitting on the hill that day when Jesus is telling you this and he's saying something to you. And so I'm going to be telling you some of these things, and it's almost as if Jesus is saying, hey, you want to know what the kingdom of God is like, what, what, what the blessed life is like in the kingdom? This is what hashtag blessed looks like. So here we go, Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed on a hillside. And those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. And arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and he taught his climbing companions. And this is what he said. So he's talking to his disciples while the crowds are overhearing. You with me? And this is what he's telling those people that are closest to us. Those people that say they want to follow him. Those people that say they will give their life for him. This is what he's telling them. If this is what you think, if you think my life is blessed and you want a blessed life like mine, this is what it's going to look like. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God in his rule. You're blessed when you feel like you've lost what's most dear to you. Only then can you embrace, can, only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed. When you've worked up a good appetite for God, he's food and drink in the best meal that you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. I feel like that one's one that we could sit on for a while in our world. Just, just when you care. When you just care. At the moment of being careful, full of care, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you'll discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourself blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit you. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they're uncomfortable. You can be glad when it happens. Give a cheer even. 
For though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And you know that you're in good company. My prophets and witnesses had always gotten into this kind of trouble. Hashtag blessed. It doesn't sound like the blessings that we think of, does it? So if you're into like etymology and words and where they come from and stuff like that, I I am. and And it comes from the Greek word makarios, which is a form of prosperity. That's one of the definitions. And that's how most of the people that day would have heard it. So when Jesus sat down and he starts to talk and he says, you're blessed when they're, they're thinking, oh, well, this is going to deal with power and money and authority and leadership. And it's probably not for me. But most people, most commentators, most scholars will say, actually, what Jesus is saying is the alternative definition, which is you're happy. It's not about prosperity, it's about happy, which is why a lot of translations will say you're happy instead of blessed. So when Jesus began to to speak this, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, everyone would have thought he's talking about being strong and powerful and important and gifted and everything, and then he comes out and he doesn't say you're prosperous when instead he says you're blessed when you're poor in spirit, you're blessed when you're merciful, you're blessed. It's, this isn't any of the lists that we think of. This isn't blessed are the high-paying jobs or, or, or blessed are you if you have a lot of people following you on social media or blessed are you if you have power or influence. No, Jesus is reminding the people of the day that it's not about any of that because the poor in spirit don't fit that criteria. And yet, they're blessed. The people that are mourning don't fit that criteria and yet, they are blessed. The people that are being, are showing mercy don't fit that criteria, and yet they're blessed. They don't fit this prosperous life mentality of what it means to be hashtag blessed, and yet Jesus is saying that they are the ones that are blessed. The Christ of the Lenten season is trying to remind us that blessedness or happiness is often found in that murky middle. It's not always found in the places of elevation where you would normally think. There's blessings for those being persecuted to do what's right, even if it's not popular. Even if it's not politically correct or personally advantageous, there's blessings to be found So who are these blessings for? We've talked about this in the past, but just as a reminder, they're for the poor, the hurting, the marginalized, the outcast, the orphan, the widow, the needy, the lonely, and they are for anyone who is siding with and helping and loving those people. So you can be those people or you can be loving and supporting those people and you are considered blessed. It makes me think of... Bono from U2, his quote at the National Day of Prayer. I've shared it before, but it's so powerful. Bono says this, we may, it, let me start over. God may well be with us in our mansions on the hill. I hope so. He may, well, maybe with us in all manners of controversial stuff. Maybe, maybe not. But the one thing we can all agree, all faiths, 
all ideologies is that God is with the vulnerable and the poor. God is in the slums, in the cardboard boxes where the poor play house. God is in the silence of a mother who's infected her child with a virus that will end both of their lives. God is in the cries heard under the rubble of war. God is in the debris of wasted opportunities and lives. And God is with us if we are with them. So what kind of hashtag blessing is Jesus offering? What, what are we getting if we're blessed? Well, this is where it gets kind of counterculture. Because the blessings are nothing like we expect. And they're not really what we would want or so we think. But there's so much more than we could ever hope for. God, in loving mercy, gives us what we need in the moment. That's the blessing. God gives us what we need. The morning receive comfort. Those that are starving and thirsting for, for God's righteousness, they're going to find it. Those that are in need of mercy are going to find God's mercy. Those that are poor in spirit will receive what they're longing for. This kingdom of heaven right then and right there. See, God rarely promises worldly blessings. Now, that doesn't mean that godly people aren't blessed, because God does bless many people with many things that we think of when we think of blessed. But God usually doesn't bless them as an end result. He blesses them so that they can be a conduit and bless others. He trusts them enough to allow them to be the vessel that will bless others. So God doesn't always promise prosperity and blessing the way we think. But here's what God does promise. Peace that passes understanding. A heart that doesn't waver when hard times come. A desire for peace and justice for the hurting and the oppressed. And we understand that peace isn't the absence of violence. Peace is the presence of justice. That's when we can have peace. What God offers in his blessing is a pure heart that will continue to seek after him. Endurance in the promise of heaven for those that are even in the middle of persecution, even now. Those are the types of blessings that God offers. See, the Beatitudes are really kind of a blueprint for how Christ told his followers they should be in this world. It's not a list of do. Do this. Become poor. Become... No, it's, this is how you should be. This is an inward thing. I love how... Um, I love the Beatitudes. Sorry. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. This is what Jesus is calling us for. It's a, it's a picture of how we're supposed to be in our lives and how we are will then in turn flow out into what we do and how we help others. And we understand that this blessing is not only a then and there, but it's a here and now. And we talk about that a lot. But we aren't just living to survive this world so that we can one day be taken away and all this world is ever. No. Jesus said more than once that his kingdom is come. That, that the kingdom of God is here and now. The kingdom of God is advancing and it supersedes any nation, any power, any oppression, any injustice. 
if you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, then Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord of the kingdom of heaven even now. Otherwise, we can't believe Romans, uh, Revelation 11.15. And we do believe it. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ. And He shall reign forever. It's not they will one day be fixed. It's even now. The presence of Jesus is bringing in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is being overlaid over this messed up world and somehow God's kingdom is advancing even now. And if you want to be in God's kingdom and if you want to be blessed, you will start to walk in line and in step with the way Jesus thinks you should be blessed. And that means you're with the poor and you're with the hurting and you're with the oppressed. And it means that your heart aches when you see injustice and when you see persecution. And it may mean that you even become persecuted for siding with them, for trying to be a peacemaker. We talked about this last year when this person's at war and this person's at war and you step in the middle to try to bring peace. Usually they just turn both of their anger toward you and you're the one that gets it the most. You're blessed when you say the kingdom of God is valuable enough. God's words are important enough. Jesus' mandate is is critical enough that I'm willing to do that because I want that blessing more than my blessing. I've been amazed with my friends. Uh, Jason referenced Sylvia. Um, She and her husband are pastors at Kiev First Church of the Nazarene. Um, And he's the district superintendent of that region and uh, just to hear their posts it's so weird sylvia read scripture at our wedding and now she's hunkered down in bomb shelters and and fleeing for her life it's it's a very surreal thing and so this month's good neighbor offering is very it hits home for me i'm sure it hits home for others Yuri, I'm sure it hits home for you because that's a part of the world that you care about. I'm sure we also have missionaries in Poland and they're doing great things. Well, before I do that, let me also say we have missionaries in Russia because Jesus loves everyone. So while we may not agree with what's going on politically and military in that region, we affirm that God loves all people. And so we have missionaries in Russia. We have missionaries um, in Poland that are at the border. And I want to show you a video clip. It's a, it's a couple minutes long. But this is um, uh, two of our missionaries that are in Poland. And it's amazing to see what God is doing at the borders as these refugees are coming uh, across the border and needing a place to stay. And so I want you to take a look at this video. Guys, we're here in the, close to the border, the Polish border with Ukraine in a town called Przemyśl. And what you see behind me is a, a bus full of people who have been brought from Medica, the border. And they, they're, um, they're either brought on the buses from the border or they're here waiting for a bus to pick them up. And what, what I think is so amazing and really pulls at your heart is the fact that as you look, you can see they all have signs. And on the signs, usually written in English or in Ukrainian or Russian, it will say, I'm headed to crack. It'll say Krakow, two adults, three children. So they're looking for spots. Um, 
taken to either to a specific destination. What also is amazing is that there are people, Polish people, from all over the country who are coming, and they'll actually put signs in their car or hold up signs that say, we're going to Warsaw and we have space for two adults and one child, and, and so then people will get in the car and they'll just be, that, that car will take them. Or they'll hold up a sign that says, we have free lodging for, for a family of four, and, and then somebody just gets, gets in the car with them and they go. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's an amazing scene and it's a beautiful display of what happens when a community comes together and, and says we're going to respond and we're going to welcome people. After the people are brought to, brought to Przemyśl, uh on the buses that you, that they're, they get off the buses and they come over to this, this section of the, this uh, camp and uh, the, the red section are for medical needs and they're meeting with people there and getting consultation with people there and then on uh, the blue tents over here they get um, food and any other needs that they have it's just a very beautiful way that uh, they're caring for people um, and, uh, and the, in the last week six days over 500,000 people have come not only through this location but many have come through this location and other locations coming across the border from Ukraine into Poland and it's just beautiful to see how people come together and the best best things come out of people when they rise to the occasions of this kind of difficulty Polish people have done so so much and uh, other people as well and it's just beautiful to see in the midst of this great tragedy so thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support and keep praying for that God would bring peace to our world thank you it's super cold out here today as people are walking around and getting off the buses, but I actually wanted to share one story with you. We uh, decided to gas up about 30 minutes, 20 minutes before we got to, this, to the town. And so we were in, I was in line to pay for a drink and I had to ask the question in English. And when I asked the question in English of the clerk, then the lady behind me also asked a question. Uh, in English and so I realized that she wasn't Polish and I just simply turned around and I said to her oh where are you from and she said and as soon as I asked where are you from she just started to cry I mean the tears came immediately to her eyes and and uh, she said uh, originally I'm from Ukraine and I'm going to the border to take my daughter and I, I actually didn't know what to say to her but um, but I said you know I said, well, we're on our way to the border, too, to help. Um, we're with a Christian organization. And I said, and we're praying for you. And then I said, the whole world's praying for you. And she just, she was just sobbing. So uh, I, that story was kind of the introduction for how this day has gone. And, and, and the thing that I, I want it to be true, we are praying. We are praying for that lady. And we are praying for, for all of the people that are, that, are, that are on their way out of Ukraine and for the people that are in Ukraine. It's not a political video. This is not... Um, military video, a who's right, who's wrong video. This is a humanitarian video. Because Jesus is for humanity. Wherever we are. 
Um, I'm thankful uh, many of you are new to the Nazarene Church, and you may not realize because we are not a huge church, but we are part of over 30,000 Nazarene churches around the world with over 2.6 million members. And it's a beautiful thing that we are able to mobilize and in real time help because we have churches everywhere. And so the Good Neighbor offering that you'll be giving will be going specifically to that region to help those missionaries and more like them help those people in that spot. It's not one of those um, things where you give and 50% goes towards administration fees and then another percentage goes somewhere else and it trickles down to a little bit. No, what you're giving is going there. And so as you give this month, it's my prayer that you will give uh, generously and it's also my prayer that you will give um, while you are praying, that you will be in prayer for these people um, and let, let your giving come through your praying. Um, because I think God will tell you what you need to give. Um, it's the kingdom of heaven. If it's for those that are poor and those that are mourning and those that are, are being persecuted, and that video is a very eerily strange, but very real, if we're going to take scripture at face value, a very real representation of the people that Jesus is longing to bless and to comfort and to help and to usher into this kingdom. And it's not a then and there, Jesus said it 2,000 years ago, and it's not a someday Jesus is going to come again. It's both of those, but it's also a here and now. It's an already not yet mindset that we have to be living in. It's like when I got engaged. When I got engaged, I was done dating. I was not married yet, but I was in a sense already married because I was done doing single stuff. It was an already not yet. Does that make sense? The kingdom of heaven, revelation is clear that Christ will return and the kingdom of heaven will be established. But the kingdom of heaven, according to Jesus and Paul and other New Testament writers, is already breaking into this world and already changing hearts and changing lives. So the question this morning is simply this. Are you living with an already mindset? It's very easy for us to live in a not yet mindset. Someday we'll die. Someday we'll be in heaven. Someday, but not yet. But the urgency of the gospel, the urgency of the field that's plentiful, is that we have to see that the harvest is ripe right now. It's not a someday. It's a right now. It's already happening. Will you get in the harvest field and help? Will you see that this is when we are called to serve? It's not so that we can bank up points to be good enough to go to heaven later. It's a we usher in the kingdom of heaven now as we live like citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Are you living with an already not yet mentality that will change not only your life but those around you? 
I sit there and I, I see what's going on around the world. And you have these two countries that are fighting and nobody wants to surrender because if you surrender, it means you lose. Which is very different from the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Because in God's kingdom, if you will surrender, you win. If you will surrender, you are forgiven. If you will surrender, there is more for you than if you would just keep fighting. So stop fighting. Surrender to God even now. Start living in the kingdom of heaven right now. Because whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you see it or not, the kingdom of heaven is come. Wouldn't it be nice if we could all start living like we believed God's word when he says it, it would change Port Orange. It would change our church. Even if it didn't change any of that, it would change you and it would change me. That's a pretty good start. Let's pray. Jesus, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. It doesn't look like it when we watch the news. And then we see videos of your inbreaking kingdom where people are staying to minister while their city is being bombed. Well, missionaries are standing there noticing people, Christian and not Christian, that are just treating each other with love and saying, I can help take you somewhere. I've got a spare room. And God, just because it's not happening in our neighborhood does not mean we should not be concerned for those people. Because at the end of the day, we are those people. We are all in need of a Savior. We are all in need of your love and your mercy and your grace. We are all just one thought away from a bad decision, just one drink away from a bad decision, just one choice away. It is your grace and your love that keeps us and holds us in God. I pray right now that your grace and your love and your mercy will be with our friends around the world. God, my heart hurts. This isn't what your kingdom is about. I pray that you will help us. I pray that you will help us, not only through our good neighbor offering as, that's going to go to the Ukraine, but God, the homeless person up the street, the person that just needs a ride, the person that needs a lift to the Bible study, the person that is struggling to make their house payment. God, there, there are needs here. May we, be, may we be people of your kingdom. We pray this in your name. We are at our time of communion together now. If you uh, need some of this, raise your hand. Justin will bring you one. 
As we come to communion, we often think, I know I have, God, might this time where we share our elements together, maybe I can have a special connection with you, God. Well, I heard something uh, earlier in the sermon when pastor shared the, the quote from Bono. If you want to be where God is, be with the poor. Be with those who are in need. Be with the ones who God is saying we're supposed to be with. Those Very often, uh, church people, those are the people we try to avoid. You ever notice that? We try to avoid the ones that God said, I am with them. As they are poor, as they are hurting, as they are addicted, as they are whatever it is, I am with them. And we're saying, well, I'm not going to be with them. What we're saying is, I don't want to be where God is. So as we take the elements, let's open the top here. Christ said, this is my body broken for every one who would have it. For the poor, for the addicted, for the broken of spirit. And so let's eat together as we remember his sacrifice and love for us. He said, this is my blood shed for you, all of you, the ones that you might call the most undeserving, that we might say. He said, it's especially for them, because I'm with them. Let's drink together. Father, I pray that we will seek you where you are that we will serve those who you came to serve. That we will love those that have been called the unloved. We praise you, Father, because you accepted us for exactly who we are. And might we do the same as we are with you, as you are with us, as we seek your kingdom, and as your kingdom takes hold of this place, and we see great things in your name. We praise you, Father. Amen. Here at Port Orange Naz, we sing our benediction, and so if you're visiting with us, just receive it. If you're a regular with us, sing out. Ready? Here we go. We sing, hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim. Let your will be done in us. Go in God's peace and in God's kingdom. We'll see you next Sunday.